welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, episode 10, double digit episode. I never thought we'd get here. If you've been here from the beginning, it definitely took us longer than it should have, but we are here now. Multiple ways to listen to us now. Uh, you can tune in to Mixler.com backslash BSU Sports Link backslash Mixler is spelled M-I-X-L-R. That will be, or, or this show will be posted on there a, a couple times. Also follow at BSU Sports Link on Twitter to get updates as to when this will be posted on that Mixler account. You can follow our personal account on Twitter at from underscore cheap seats. And then if you miss the the showing of it on Mixler. I post it on Apple Podcasts as well as SoundCloud. Just search us from the cheap seats. So last week, episode nine, I, I talked about, or, or I almost ended it with the question of if Tiger is back. And I think after this past weekend, we all know the answer to that now. And and boy, did he come in clutch. I mean, this it, it's Ryder Cup week. Um, so just go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Hashtag beat Europe. Um, I'm very confident in this team and this group of Americans, uh, to play very well this weekend. Um, but tiger just focusing on tiger. I mean, this last weekend shot five under Thursday, two under Friday, five under again on Saturday, Sunday, he struggled a little bit, shot one over, but was able to win the event. But what blew my mind while watching this, and, and I only got to catch, the the end of his round Sunday because uh, the Sportslink crew was very busy this week. Two soccer broadcasts as well as covering football. Um, something to do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But I was able to catch the end of Tiger's run Sunday. Um, I saw holes 17 and 18. Um, it blew my mind when I got home that my roommate said, Tiger has a chance to win the FedEx Cup. If Justin Rose pars hole 18, then Tiger should win the FedEx Cup. Out of nowhere does Tiger come and has a chance to be to 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 win the FedEx Cup. Um so that was that was just just wild to even think about. But but looking ahead to this next weekend, it is beautiful to say that that Tiger is is back. Tiger's playing good. His his back's not hurting him. Um over a thousand days since his last tour win. Imagine that the golf the golfer of that era i mean he was the he was the elite golfer my childhood it was tiger i remember going to baseball games stopping at the gas station for a Gatorade and Gatorade had had a partnership with tiger and and were advertising with tiger nike tiger woods they had their the whole tiger woods brand hats and shirts that had the tw logo and then everything fell off and over 1000 days does Tiger come back and wins the last event of the tour? All you and, and and then you look at next week and who knows how well he'll play in the Ryder Cup. Um but I don't wanna skip the Ryder Cup, but looking ahead to twenty nineteen, there's four more majors that Tiger has a chance at if he plays good this weekend for the Ryder Cup. I think Tiger could could do some damage in majors in twenty nineteen. And it's exciting to watch. Another exciting thing that is very close. I, I wouldn't say more exciting than the Ryder Cup. But there is a huge, a huge college football game happening this weekend. Penn State versus Ohio State. And 
looking at at schedules of all the top 10 teams and and trying to figure out who will play when and how good they'll be there. I honestly think that the Penn State Ohio State game ranking wise will be the 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 highest ranks of the year. Both teams very well could be in the final four going into postseason. One of them will most likely, unless something drastic happens, one of them will play for the Big Ten Championship. And the winner of that, if if one of these teams win the Big Ten Championship, I am assuming pretty much that they will be in the playoffs. So 100%, probably the biggest game of FBS football is happening this weekend. Um, Penn State's coming off a, a win at Illinois. Um, started off rough, which if, you, if you're a Penn State fan, you look at that and you think we almost lost to Appalachian State. We started off rough to Illinois. Your two, usually you only have one bad game, but your two bad games are out. Throw them out the window, move on, which... To me, if I was a fan, I would I would be happy about knowing that probably our best football is is yet to come. Um, but Penn State started off not as hot as they should have, let's say that, against Illinois last week, and then ended up playing to their potential and and beat Illinois by a pretty good margin. Um, also, just a quick thing: Friday night football games for the Big Ten, very interesting and different. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, but I think it would hurt recruiting. Let's just say that. I mean, if, if you're recruiting high school players and they can't come watch your games because you're playing Friday night as well, that's that's one thing in itself. Ohio State, though, coming off a huge win um, of Tulane. They played last week. Um, Ohio State's playing very good. Um, Urban, Urban, was, or Urban is back, um, was back. And I think that even though they haven't had, I mean, they haven't played their best um, early this season, but I don't think that they've, since without having Urban, I don't know if you can actually, you know, say that their team was was all together. Because, I mean, if you're missing the head coach and a head coach that has proven himself and has, has been very good for the Buckeyes, the whole team's not there. Um, but out of this game, Penn State looks ahead where they host Michigan State. Um, a tough game. Uh, Michigan State has potential there. Um, then Penn State travels to Bloomington to take on the Hoosiers. Then they host Iowa, and then they play at Michigan. I think that is a big game for Penn State as well. Um, assuming, or or let's just say that Penn State beats Ohio State this weekend, that Michigan game very well could be a trap. Um, a trap game to to disrupt an undefeated, an undefeated season um, that they potentially could have built up up until that point. After Michigan next week, also a bit of a trap game. They host the Badgers, um, Wisconsin, going to Pennsylvania and to take on the Nittany Lions. Another game that would not surprise me if Wisconsin, won, I mean, let alone win, but definitely it should be a close game. Um, then ending out, uh, Penn State plays at Rutgers and then hosts Maryland. Both of those games not raising too much um, of 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 maybe a difficulty to win, but 
let's say Penn State beats Ohio State this weekend, I would look at where they go to Michigan, and then they host Wisconsin as two games that also could disrupt um, a undefeated season. And if you look at it as Penn State losing, if Penn State loses to Ohio State, the only way they're going to get into the Big Ten is if Ohio State loses twice and they don't lose again. Um, so if Penn State loses to Ohio State, you have to beat Michigan. You have to beat Wisconsin. You have to beat Michigan State. You have to beat the rest of your division in the Big Ten um, to to be eligible even, or, or well, not even eligible because, I mean, it's, it's fine print who gets into the Big Ten championship, but to be able to get there. Um, Ohio State on the other side, out of the Penn State game, we're also going to look at if they win. Um, they host IU, they host Minnesota, then they play at Purdue. Purdue, a decent program, not as good as they have been the past couple of years, um, but it, it, I feel like that Purdue game at Purdue is a little bit of a trap. Um, then they host Nebraska. They play at Michigan State. Um, then they play at Maryland, and then they host Michigan, obviously, on rivalry week to round out their season. Um, so Michigan State, definitely a game to to be worried about as well as Michigan. Um, but I would not be surprised if Purdue upsets um, Ohio State when Ohio State travels to them. Um, and again, just like with Penn State, if Ohio State loses to Penn State, same thing applies. They have they they really don't have a choice other than to win out and hope that Penn State loses two games um, for them to be in the Big Ten Championship. And when you think about that, if, if you're Penn State or you're Ohio State and you lose this game this weekend, banking on that team to lose twice is is really putting all your cards in one place. Um, I think really the winner of this game will probably play in the Big Ten Championship and honestly should win the Big Ten Championship. Um, and whatever team wins, if, if it's Penn State or Ohio State, if they win the Big Ten Championship, I don't see an argument that could keep them out of the Final Four teams. Um, so if you're a Penn State fan, you're an Ohio State fan, this is the week that you've been looking forward to. Um, games have been super close the past couple of years. Uh, I will be watching. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I would tune in. I think this is this is probably going to be the best game of the year. Now, let's talk Le'Veon Bell. So let me start by saying, if you're new to the podcast, you should know that I am I am a Steelers fan, born and raised. Um, if if you have been listening uh, to the podcast, you probably already know that. And now this Le'Veon Bell thing is, I I have mixed emotions. Um, Obviously, I think, well, not obvious, but so let me tell you, to make it obvious, I think Le'Veon Bell is the best tailback in the game. Um, the way he runs with his with his stutters, and and it, it's it's very unorthodox, but it works for him. Um, I, I've heard ever since Bell has started doing this that younger players have tried to imitate it and just haven't been able to. Um, so I think Le'Veon Bell is the best is the best running back in the league. Obviously, I want him to be in black and gold and playing for us on Sundays or Thursdays and Mondays. But with that being said, I'm as a Steelers fan, I'm I'm over the drama. 
I just wish we would move on. I mean, we have two great backs. Um, James Conner leading it, obviously. Um, Ryan Switzer sometimes comes out of, of the back field, um, even though he's a wide receiver. Had a few uh, carries last, yes, or Monday, Monday. Um, sorry, that was this week is flying by. Um, when we played at Tampa Bay. But, I mean, if you put, if we put all of our money on James Conner, I trust him. Um, I think the story behind James is incredible. Um, I think that playing for the Steelers is more than, than just playing football. I mean, was born in Pennsylvania, played at, the, at Pittsburgh, um, then was drafted by the Steelers. Um, his family's there. I mean, he has something to do, let alone the, the man overcame an injury, also found out he had cancer took chemo got got rid of that and and is playing football again is is incredible to think of in itself so i honestly i'm connor leading the way from now on i would be okay with because i'm just over the drama but another thing that doesn't make sense to me is the money for Le'Veon bell if Le'Veon bell wants a long contract I feel that it's fair to assume that that reason would be the money. Then if that's the case, then I'm just confused because right now the Steelers have him on a tag worth $14.5 million. Le'Veon Bell is losing $852,941 each game he misses. So if it's about the money, I would think that I would rather just suck it up and play and make over 850000 um each game I'm playing instead of losing 850000 Now, granted, Le'Veon Bell does not need that 850000 So maybe it's just a pride thing at this point, which is why I'm confused. Why does, why does he want this big, this big contract for, for, for multiple years and an X amount of dollars? I mean, I... I First of all, the Steelers just don't do that. I mean, Le'Veon's 26 now. Not saying that his best years have already passed. He very well could could blow up and have two, three more great years. But for running backs, their their time isn't that long. So him being 26 does raise a little bit of a little bit of a warning um, to not sign him for five, six years. Um, if I was if I was Pittsburgh, I'd put him on a two-year deal. Um, but after seeing Connor run now, I don't know if that's necessary. I mean, Connor is making under a million um, a year. Le'Veon is making eight hundred fifty thousand a game. Um, so from the money standpoint, James Connor is your man to go to. Um, Connor obviously not at the level that Le'Veon plays. But if 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 it suffices, then then let's do it. Um, and, and I'm saying all this, and, and Pittsburgh tied the Browns and then lost to Kansas City. Um, barely escaped from Tampa Bay, but we're 1-1-1, one, one, and one, still better than the Patriots somehow. So, and we did get a win, so hopefully the season will propel to positive to positive things uh, after after this past week. I just don't get it. I don't get why, first of all, if you love the game, let's play the game, Le'Veon. I don't get why this long extension is that big of a deal. Um, 
if you want to play, let's play. I mean, you're making $14.5 million. Um, I think that Le'Veon just needs to cut the pride, and and I, I he very well is worth more than a franchise tag. I'm not saying that that he's not. I just think Le'Veon should 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 just get over it. Let's play football. You're still making 14.5. I don't know. I mean that that, that that's a thing in itself. Maybe it's not about the money. It's 14.5 million. If it was about if it was about the money, then why would you not just take 14.5 this year and 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 move on next year? So I, I guess it is a pride thing, and if it's a pride thing, then I don't know. I I would rather be playing if if I um, if I was still playing baseball somehow and was playing at the Division One level and had a chance to be drafted after my junior year, I would play baseball until I couldn't play baseball anymore. It wouldn't matter about the money. Um, I might be different for baseball players, knowing that they have to make it up six ranks before they get to the league, but I don't know. And, and, and speaking of Bell, his, uh, his teammate, I guess they are still teammates, even though, I mean, Le'Veon hasn't been around in probably since, uh, since, since game and early, well, even early 2018. Um, Antonio Brown. If you are a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and you were listening to this, and hopefully you don't have the opinion that I'm about to share, but if you think that Antonio Brown it would be nothing without Ben Roethlisberger, you really gotta you really gotta um, reevaluate the way you think about things. Um, Big Ben's a good quarterback, but I I would probably say that Big Ben would hurt more without Antonio Brown than Antonio Brown would hurt without Ben. Ben can literally see one-on-one with Antonio Brown on his right side, tell Antonio to go on a go route, screw the play we're running, and I'll just toss it up and, and I'll let you grab it. I mean, that that is that is a lot of the Steelers' offense. Um, and, and not winning week one or week two... Um, I mean, we can get into Mike Tomlin, but Big Ben's got to win. Um, he, he's got to beat the Browns. Kansas City, I'm not so upset about, um, even though I we very well should have won that game as well. But I'd rather, I, I think it's more fault of Big Ben losing week one and week two. Um, he played exceptionally well Monday, but don't say that Antonio Brown is nothing without Big Ben. Because now we got Antonio Brown probably... As soon as Antonio Brown's contract up, we're going to have the same situation with him as we're having with Le'Veon Bell now because Pittsburgh fans aren't, aren't, aren't thankful of how good Antonio Brown is. And then if this happens, I'm, I'm going on a tangent now, but like, I mean, geez. If, if we lose Antonio Brown, why would Juju stay around? And then we're going to lose Juju. Now we're, now we're missing two of our best wide receivers. We're, we're losing the best back in the league, and, and we still want to win a Super Bowl. So... I would just if if you think that Antonio Brown is nothing without Big Ben, I I would reeval I would reevaluate your your um your opinion and how you got that opinion, and then um, think about it, and maybe uh, give Antonio a little bit more praise, um, instead of saying he's nothing without Big Ben because that is just blasphemy. If you watched the game Monday though, um, there were four roughing the passer penalties in the first half. There were more roughing the passer penalties in the first half of Monday Night Football between the Steelers and the Buccaneers than there has than, than there was in any game last year. 
there's two ways to look at this. I'm, I'm trying to look at this in two ways. One, the rules are dumb. There is no way that if TJ Watt's coming off the outside and he sees Fitzpatrick right in front of him, it's very hard for TJ Watt not to tackle Fitzpatrick and land on him. So let's start there. You're trying to sack the quarterback. That is the job of defensive linemen and, and linebackers on some plays, depending on the play. But you can't land on him after you tackle him. So now defensive players are having to wrap up quarterbacks, giving them giving the quarterbacks a higher chance of escaping instead of just tackling them, getting the play over with. Let me also add, I get that you shouldn't be vicious with the tackle, but landing on him, we are playing football. Um, so there's that. But I've learned to move on from that and learn that the NFL has is, is protecting players um, and making it a rule that you cannot land on quarterbacks when you tackle them. So, if that's the rule, then if you're a defensive lineman or you're a corner coming off the outside or you're a linebacker rushing up the middle, why are we still landing on quarterbacks when tackling them? I mean, literally just just throw out your dominant arm. It would be my right arm. I'm going to clothesline the quarterback. I'm going to grab him around his back. And I'm going to take him to the ground. Therefore, my elbow is on top of him rather than, depending on the player, I mean, all 250 pounds. And wow, it just started pouring in Muncie. Sorry, if you can hear that on the microphone, I apologize. But yes, if, if that is a rule, then let's move past it. I don't like it. I'm sure players don't like it. Quarterbacks probably do like it. But let's just, let's just tackle the quarterback with our arms. Let's wrap him up and let's take him down. There was one call where... Um, I'm not positive who the player was for Tampa Bay, but was coming around, um, was being blocked, and his right hand hit Big Ben in the helmet. Another, another, not a huge fan of the rule, um, but I feel like that rule needs to be in play. Because, I mean, just, just no contact to the quarterback's head. Sorry if you accidentally hit him in the head. Um, but that rule's also been around for a while. I don't feel like that one is, is what's causing so much ruckus, if you will. Um, just because it's been around. But the whole landing on the quarterback thing is, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm, like I said, we've got to move past it and and let's just think when we're tackling and let's wrap up the QB, let's put him on the ground, and let's move on. Um, there's no reason to still do it. I mean, four passing interference, or excuse me, four roughing the passers in the first half. If it's a rule, then you you, you got to do it. There, there's there's no way around it. So let's let's quit complaining, and let's just move on. And with that, Baker Mayfield. Beautiful transition. My question to to end. I think that's how I'm going to start doing this. I will end every podcast with a question. I'll share a few facts. This way. You have a chance to to tweet at us at from the cheap seats or excuse me from underscore cheap seats. No the trade the the for an underscore. Um, and you you can you can tweet at us there. Give me an answer to the question. Um, 
you can tweet at B at BSU sports link as well. Uh, we will see it there. Um, honestly, sports link very much or very well has a lot more followers. So then you could even start a Twitter discussion, which are always fun. Um, but my question is Baker Mayfield, a franchise quarterback. Got game one off his chest, played phenomenal, brought the first win to the Browns in two years. They got close against my Steelers, but they didn't win. Should have. Got to make your field goals. But ended in a tie. Which, why are we tying in football? Different segment. Is Baker Mayfield a franchise quarterback? Think about it. I'll share some numbers. Baker in one game, 17 completions on 23 attempts. Total of 201 yards. Um, 73.9% accuracy. And his QBR at a 94.9. Let me add, no touchdowns, no interceptions, though. So 0-0 zero to zero on that. Did fumble. Um, but Browns recovered it, not a turnover. So is Baker Mayfield a franchise quarterback? Bringing the Browns their first win in two years. Pretty good numbers. I mean, a QBR of 94.1, or 94.9, excuse me. I wouldn't say franchise yet, but I would say probably one of the better ones they've drafted or even had play for them in the past couple of years. I think what's important for Baker, Baker reminds me a lot of Johnny Manziel and, and his his attitude and the way he puts himself or or the way he expresses expresses himself. So worried about that. If Baker stays out of trouble, I think Baker has a lot of potential, a, a lot of potential to be a franchise quarterback for the Browns. Which is frightening for my Steelers being being both in the in the AFC North. But I wouldn't say yes yet. He's had one game. They beat the Jets. Put him up against a Super Bowl winning defense or a Super Bowl caliber defense. And then we'll see how the numbers alter. Another big thing for Baker is I I know we're already skipping. He's only played one game. And, and when I say this, we're skipping all of all this football season, but his sophomore season. A lot of good quarterbacks slumped their sophomore season. Some were able to come back. Cam Newton had an awful sophomore season and now is, is a, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, so I'll leave you with that. Is Baker Mayfield a franchise quarterback? Two options to tweet at us and answer that again, at BSU Sportslink or at from underscore cheap seats. And with that, episode 10 comes to a close. Um, so again, every other week from the cheap seats will be on Mixler.com backslash BSU Sports Link backslash Mixler spelled M-I-X-L-R. Um, and if you miss that showing on Mixler, be sure to find us on SoundCloud and or iTunes podcast. Just search us from the cheap seats. Um, also, any any likes, comments on on the post on Twitter or anything like that are much appreciated. 
um, from me. Um, I love seeing who's listening, what the opinions are. Um, and again, just want to know if Baker Mayfield is a franchise quarterback. So I'll see you in two weeks on From the Cheap Seats.